What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Uh, today, uh, we got a, uh, a guest on for this episode. Uh, is um, a uh, somebody I know through some of the local business networking. Uh, his name is uh, Tyler Ardron, and he is with Risk Reduction Plus Group. And they provide um, different types of insurance, but primarily flood insurance and homeowners insurance. And uh, we had a really great discussion, uh, kind of surrounded surrounded by um, you know concepts that I've talked about with um, designing in uh, flood prone areas, uh, but looking at it in a different perspective from in his eyes for what's how that's related to flood insurance. So uh, it's a really great conversation kind of got under the hood when it came to, you know, discussing, discussing these issues with, with flood insurance, you know, obviously being located here in New Jersey and doing stuff down uh, along the ocean and Bay waters. Um, you know, I've looked at a lot of it with, you know, from the, obviously from the architect's perspective, but it was right, really great getting um, Tyler's insight as well from um, you know from an insurance perspective, and also I mean just as a little bit of a a preview, um, I disc, uh, he he kind of educated me on um, from town to town uh, down. Uh, I primarily deal with the southern New Jersey uh, shore towns, and I'm sure if you if you move up the coast same way, or if you move down, you know, even further south to other states, is every town kind of has their diff- different different um, different rules for how you deal with with uh, floodplains and where you put the first floor, things like that. And uh, he actually gave me. Uh, some reasoning there's a there's there's insurance and um kind of different credits that towns can get uh from the different insurance programs so uh that's kind of a a driving force and why uh why other town all towns kind of have their own own different rules and uh we even kind of dive into some uh you know Actually, we, we, we talked a little bit about a town that I don't even, I have not done any work in, but I've seen some some news articles about, you know, the homes getting really, really tall and home, you know, homeowners down there um, kind of making those complaints. But then there's a, there's there is some reasoning why why the town's doing that related to uh, insurance credits and, and whatnot. So, um, like I said, it's a really great conversation. So uh, we'll just dive right into it right after this. Hey everybody, how you doing? Rich the Architect here again. And uh, today I have a uh, guest today I'm excited to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about flooding and whatnot. So uh, I have Tyler Ardren from Risk Reduction Plus. They're they're located in Pittman, New Jersey. And uh, Tyler, thanks for uh, for coming on. Yeah, Rich, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm excited to, to be on. Yeah, great. We can kind of uh, get a little nerdy about <laughs> some uh, some flooding stuff. Um, but yeah, Tyler, why don't you just start just, you know, kind of introduce yourself a little bit and uh, what Risk Reduction Plus uh, provides. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so like you said, Rich, my name is Tyler Ardrin. Um, I'm the vice president and partner um, with my brokerage, uh, Risk Reduction Plus Group. 
Um, we specialize in flood insurance. Uh, and then we also in the tri-state area provide homeowners auto and small business insurance. Um, but we got our feet wet, so to speak, in the insurance world um, with flood insurance. Uh, when we opened in 2014, all we did was flood insurance for the first two to three, two years. Yeah, two years, I'd say. Um, and I've been with the company going on nine years now. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, like I was telling you earlier, my parent company, Smart Vent Foundation Flood Vents. Um, I'm familiar with those. Yeah. yeah, everybody does, especially yeah. an architect who does business in, down the shore. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was, that's my uh, parent company. And uh, the reason why we got started in the insurance industry is these vents save people all flood insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so originally we tried working with insurance agents that when I started, I was just with SmartVent. And um, we found out there's a real lack of knowledge with the National Flood Insurance Program and FEMA um, and flood insurance in general in the insurance industry. So instead of training these insurance agents, which we did for probably about two years, um, we said, you know, we're showing them what to do. Why don't we just do it? <laughs> yeah. So I got licensed. I became an agent. Uh, I was the first agent. And then, um, yeah, that's fast forward today. To today. Um, we've been able to save people over $12 million on their flood insurance nationwide. Uh, we do flood insurance nationwide, smart vent manufactures vents nationwide. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, kind of where we're at today. I'm my, um, licensed insurance broker, as well as a certified floodplain manager. Um, I've been a CFM now for, since I've been here, eight years. Um, and yeah, like you said, we can geek out on some flood stuff. There's not many of us out there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause I, like, I was just thinking real quick with my, uh, you know, clients that I've dealt with down shore and to, like with, with flood insurance and all that is, um, you know, first part, like, you know, with the smart vent, it's like, it's easier for a, a customer of mine to understand when I'm like, hey, the, the building code requires that you have, you know, you have a smart vent or a flood vent of some sort. It's going to tell you every 200 square feet or whatever you need to put a vent. So here's yeah. 1200 square foot crawl space. You need to have six vents. You know, that's easier for them to understand, easy for them to understand. But then when it comes to some of the insurance stuff, it's like, well, you're not required to do this. Like, Let's this the example would be like an existing building. Yeah. Right. You have an existing house. So the discussion may be do you raise the house or not? And it's yep. just like, well, you don't have to raise the house, but then but then your insurance, it's gonna affect your insurance. And now yeah. I can't, I they're like, Well, how much is my insurance gonna be? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's yeah. you know, you know, you talk to Tyler, you know, it's just like I don't exactly that's kind of yeah. where like my expertise ends, you know, yep. like and and yours, I guess, you know, begins in a way. Yep. So um yep. why don't you like first just kind of you know, maybe that scenario I just gave. Yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah, sure. Let me add just a, a one quick layer, and it's a real world experience that I had. I had a client who didn't want to raise the house but wanted to build an addition, but knew that. If you built a certain size addition, you then would be required to raise everything. Yeah. You know, just, you know, so he wanted to go, he wanted to take the approach of, let's say, you know, whatever it was 10% of the existing square foot of the house. Right. Just wanted to build, you know, build it in phases, do 10%. So you didn't have to raise the house. Wait the year, I think it was for, for the assessment. Yeah. Once he gets the assessment, then do another 10% down yep. the road. So, 
explain just explain the audience i guess you know first the the effects just kind of typically and then maybe if there's if you have any insight on that scenario i just gave I you know. yeah yeah so typically um to do what you know like you said what one of the things we do is service it's called the flood risk evaluator um and it's really why we opened this insurance agency um is to uh we look at someone's flood insurance and then we tell them exactly what they need to do to uh, lower, lower their flood insurance. But then we're able to give what the flood insurance will go down to so they can get a true return on investment. Um, an example would be, I have a guy with a crawl space paying $3,000 a year. I look at it, I tell him to install the flood openings, brings them down to $1,200 a year. So mm -hmm. he got a you know $2,200 savings. Usually the savings pay for the events just you know themselves. Right. Um, and then, you know, they're happy, they're happy camper because they're now paying $1,200, you know, kind of going forward as opposed to $3,000. Yeah. Um, so we provide mitigation steps like that. Um, specifically the flood openings. Um, the reason why they help is because they exempt the lower floor level, um, from insurance rating. So if you go down the shore, um, or if we have listeners elsewhere in the country, the beach, <laughs> yeah. um, most houses are built up on an enclosure or a crawl space um, and an enclosure, meaning like a garage or something like that. And the reason they put vents in is because they can, we can exempt that level. And now I can rate them off the next higher floor level. Currently <clears throat> the way the national flood insurance program rates their properties is based off elevation difference. So um, an example would be, I have a house that's at eight, um, let's just say slab on grade for easy numbers. It's at eight. The BFE's at 10. Well, they're two feet below BFE. And a minus two typically pays between $2,200 to $2,700 a year, depending on the coverage and residence type and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, going back to the enclosure example, if that bottom of the enclosure is at, let's just say five for easy numbers, and the BFE's at 10, and if they don't have vents, they're a minus five. Yeah. They're going to pay around $5,500 to $6,000 a year for flood insurance. We okay. then install the flood openings, exempt that space, and let's just say the next higher floor level is at 10. Now they're at BFE and they're paying $1,200 a year. Right. So it exempts that space. And the reason, the reasoning on, um, behind why it exempts the space is because it's called wet flood proofing. You're allowing the water to pass through that unfinished space and what it's doing is it's reducing the hydrostatic pressure yep. um, because if you don't have flood openings, you know, that hydrostatic, that water can build up and it could collapse the foundation. Yeah. So it's a lot more risky um, from an insurance end. And that's why they're paying more money, you know, ultimately right, right. Um, for, for their flood insurance. And then to go back to your uh, original um, example of the whole substantial improvement, we call that um, if they're doing a 50% or greater change to the building, they have to come up to current um, code. Uh, and current code being in the state of New Jersey, there's a one foot freeboard requirement, um, meaning building one foot higher than the BFE. Uh -huh. um, some town, BF, just for anybody, BFE is base flood elevation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. the, uh, and uh, we're getting, yeah, we're getting technical. People are like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The BFE, so the base flood elevation is the calculated level that water will rise to, or FEMA estimates water will rise to in a given storm event. Yeah. Um, and like I was saying, the insurance is going off the BFE and the floor levels. Um, so wherever your floor level is compared to that, you get that elevation difference. That's what gets us the insurance rate. Um, but if they're doing a substantial improvement, 
on the home, which is a 50% or greater change to that building, like that addition you were talking about, yeah. then they have to come up to current code, meaning one foot above BFE, flood openings, mechanicals above BFE, anything that you would do for a new construction today, because the codes are a lot more stringent today than really they ever were. Right. Um, and they give you an idea when we start with SmartFan in 1999, um, which was obviously before me, um, there, it wasn't required flood openings. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a requirement. And in 2004, it really picked up. Um, they started requiring it, but it took a little time from that. And the reason why is, you know, the codes require it, but is the code official enforcing that? Right. Which is a big thing, especially around mm -hmm. the country. It's still, you know, yeah. there's still areas around the country that the codes are in place, but they don't enforce it. Yep. Um, and <laughs> I can, you, I can assess to that. <laughs> you deal that with that on a daily basis, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So a big piece of what we do is we work with code officials um, and try to train them on what's right and what's wrong and, you know, how, what they're required to do. Um, but like I said, for your, your question specifically about the substantial improvement, they got to come up to current code if it's a 50% or greater change. And, um, you know, that a lot of people don't want to do that. Uh, especially I work with a lot of investors up in North Jersey. A lot of investors buy properties in Union Beach, um, all these coastal areas that are primary residences. So yeah. not like Ocean City and stuff, more Union Beach, Keensburg. Up in Monmouth County, there's a lot of primary residents that are flood zones. Right. And if you, yeah, for anybody who may be listening who's not familiar with church, I mean, they're they're close to New York. City, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 And um, I work with a lot of investors that, you know, want to flip properties in them areas. And that's one thing I make sure to talk with the investor about is that, hey, you know, if you're going to flip it and you're looking to make, if it's a 50% or greater change, um, you're going to have to, if the house is below BFE, it's going to have to be elevated. Um, mechanicals, you know, everything I just said a couple of minutes ago. Um, so that's definitely something to, to look at, especially when you're looking to, if you're an investor looking to buy properties um, and looking to see how much you're going to put into it. Um, and you got to account for if you are doing that 50% or change, you got to account for the lift. So um, you got to have that in your numbers. And because I've, I've also dealt with investors that didn't know that and wasn't told that. They're yeah. looking to flip the house. Now they got to put another 50, 60 K into just elevating it. Right. Um, and that could throw off the numbers by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now what, what, what's the effect of like, if you have like, you know, when we're talking about enclosures on existing buildings, let's think of like an old, old house where basically the living floor is right there. At right grade. On, yeah. You know, yeah. so what, what, what happens on, for, for, on the insurance side, when you have one of these old houses, and you know, is it just a simple fact of, well, no, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be like, so somebody's family, you know, there's a lot of families who own properties down there and, you know, they could have had it for 50, 50 years. They don't want to necessarily raise the house. So from on insurance and what, in a situation like that, what's, what's the implications there? Yeah. So, um, uh, the NFIP and that, and for the listeners, that's a that's the National Flood Insurance Program. That's the government program that does um, that you know handles the flood insurance um, nationwide. So if the house is let's just say a house in Cape May, because you know for people who aren't familiar with the area, Cape May has a lot of older houses mm -hmm. um, that you know families have had for fifty years, sixty years, like your example. 
Um, and if the house is below BFE, like a slab on grade, or I've even seen basements in Cape May, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, let's just pretend they have a basement. Worst case scenario, previous to 2012, you were allowed to get what's called a subsidized rate through the National Flood Insurance Program. So what a subsidized rate was and really is, is that you didn't have an elevation certificate. So they didn't know what your elevation difference was. And what they would do is like, if you were coming to me 10 years ago and said, hey, Tyler, I want flood insurance. Um, I don't have an elevation certificate, but my house has a basement. So I would say, all right, you know, basement, subsidized rate for that basement is $1,300 a year. That was 10 years ago. They came out with the Bigger Waters Act that said, we don't know what the actual risk rate is on a, a lot of these homes. So what we're going to do is increase them 18 to 25% a year until they hit their actual risk rate. And the only way to get the actual risk rate is with the elevation certificate, because the elevation certificate gives you that elevation difference that I was talking about. Yeah. One, you know, whatever. Right. So then people, since, because it, it was instituted really in like 2014, as increases 2015. Yeah. They've been going up and up and up every mm -hmm. year. Um, and what they need to do is get an elevation certificate. That elevation certificate, let's just say in that basement, because that's like a really bad case, <laughs> um, shows that they're a minus 10, let's just say. 10 yeah. feet below the BFE is where that basement is. Mm -hmm. they, they're going to go, they're going to keep going up until they hit $11,000 a year for flood insurance. Right. And they can keep the subsidized rate today because the home is called pre, it's a pre-firm home, meaning it was built before there was any flood maps. Yeah. So you're looking pre like 70. Um, they can keep it, but they're going to keep going up until they hit that $11,000 mark, unfortunately. And yeah. in that case with the basement, the only thing that they can do from a mitigation standpoint is filling it in and putting vents in, turning it into a crawl space. But even that, you know, where that living floor is then matters too. Yeah. Because if the living floor is below BFE, doing all that stuff will, will help, but it's not going to be like from Ten thousand dollars down to seven hundred dollars. It'll be like ten thousand dollars down to like three or four thousand dollars. Right. right. Um, so yeah, that for to answer your question for that basement, that that's kind of what they would they'd have a subsidized rate. Um, they've seen the increases three, five, six hundred dollars a year, um, and you know from there we got to mitigate it. Now I will say, and this is kind of the kicker, the NFIP is coming out with a new rating system. Um, it's called Risk Rating Two Point Mm -hmm. uh, and this is the first change that they've made in really 50 years um, to the way they rate. Um, because remember, I said, you know, the elevation difference, that's how they get the rate. Yeah. Going forward in October, when this comes out, they're going to be more like a private flood insurance company where they're going to take into account ground elevation, um, cost to rebuild their house, distance to flooding, all different variables. Mm -hmm. um, to determine what that rate actually is. Um, so it's a big change. We don't know what the rates are yet. It's supposed to come out next month, August, um, to be able to see. I, but like I said, it's a huge change. First change since, uh, um, since 68, really, 1968. Um, and, you know, hopefully that, that will be able to help people. We don't know yet. Um, we so, oh, see. Yeah, so you're not sure if, if the, this ends up raising rates or, or well, lowering rates or... Well, we do know, um, so I work with a lot of the communities um, across the country, 
from a flooding from a flooding standpoint. I do know the amount of increases in each county. So I can mm -hmm. tell, I can pull up Cape May County and tell you 50% of the properties are going to go up this much amount of money. 20% are going to go down this much, you know, whatever the percentages are. That data is released. Um, some other data that came out is right now, the National Flood Insurance Program's top rate is $46,000 on a single family house. Mm -hmm. They're lowering that down to around $12,000. Um, so that um, that sounds like it's good <laughs> for people, yeah. but you know, who, who knows really? Um, and like, you know, I got the percentages, but I can't tell someone if they called me, you know, what's going to happen with my policy. I, I won't be able yeah. to do that until those rates are actually released. Yeah. Cause it, it sounds to me, the current, the current process is a little bit more um, generic across the board. It is. And this, this takes into, into, you know, account of site specific conditions. to Which is a good thing because yeah. if you think, if you think about the insurance industry in general, you know, let's do something that the listeners would be able to relate to car insurance. Like they're not just looking at how many tickets you've had. They're looking at how old you are. They're looking at your sex. Are you a male or female? They're looking at, you know, everything. They're mm -hmm. you know, where you're at. If you're in the city, you're going to pay higher amount of car insurance because there's more cars. Yeah. If you're in a rural, rural community like Franklinville, you're paying lower auto insurance because there's less cars on the road. Right. Um, so they're taking more of an insurance model, which 100% makes sense because, and I'll give it a flood example now. We have someone in Gibbstown, let's just say, New Jersey. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with Gibbstown, it's an area um, close to me and Rich here um, that's on the Delaware River. Those people, because they have, they don't enforce flood codes, really. Those right. people have basements and, you know, mainly basements. <laughs> yeah. But those people, because they're in a flood zone, they're required to have flood insurance. And they're paying way more in flood insurance than someone in Ocean City, New Jersey. Because wow. in Ocean City the elevation difference, they're up, they're built up. Right, right, um, yeah. Whereas in Gibbstown, they're just like, yeah, go build a house. The person wants a basement, they build a basement. Yeah, um, yeah. And now they're below BFE and they're paying a lot on their flood insurance. Um, and this new rating model will take into account, all right, you know, they're on the Delaware River, they do have a chance of flooding, but it's a lot less than someone that's in Ocean City, New Jersey, that if a hurricane comes up, they're going to get smacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's definitely good, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see what these rates actually, actually do. Yeah. And well, and you, you kind of make a, a, a and I've, I've, I've lived this is that one thing I found interesting working on, on shore projects, because I've, I have houses built in, you know, three different towns, Stone Harbor, Avalon and Margate each and Stone Harbor and Avalon are on the same Island. They're this town yeah. right next to each other. One street, Stone Harbor, one's Avalon. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but each of those three towns deal with, floodplains and how they want how they want their houses to be built in different ways yeah you know one town's gonna say you know the the free board is you two know like is the foot up but they want it to be actually like avalon i think is um two or three foot probably yeah they want to be like two they don't want to be two feet above the floodplain they want to be two feet above the free board yeah you know yep. and then margate deals it with a different way you know a different yeah. way like i think and, margate and I, the, the reason, real quick, Rich, the reason why they do that, especially in Jersey, because in Jersey, I do stuff nationwide. In yeah. Jersey, we are well ahead on the code side yeah. compared to your um, Louisiana's and stuff like that that you would think would be up. 
Yeah. Um, Jersey, we're pretty, we're pretty far ahead. And I attribute that to Sandy. I was here, I was working in this world during Sandy. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> after Sandy, they've really picked the ball up and enforced and, and stringent codes. But the reason why the towns are different from a freeboard standpoint is the NFIP offers this thing called the CRS and it's the community rating system. Okay. Um, and I'm in a lot of these CRS groups, but basically what it is, is the town joins it and then they, they enforce more stringent codes. Um, and by doing that, it gets them points and these points put them into a class system. Um, so this class system goes from one to 10, the lower that class system, like Sea Isle City is like one of the lowest in the state. The lower the class, the bigger the discount that everybody in that town gets on their flood insurance. Gotcha. So if you do three foot freeboard requirement, let's just say, you're going to get more points than someone doing at one or two foot. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't like that because they're like, I don't want to build that high, but you're getting a 30% discount on your flood insurance because the town's doing this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's one of the reasons why that they do that though. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny. Cause like, I remember last, last summer seeing an article about, you know, development in sea isle where there yeah. were complaints from residents that they're like, these new houses are so, so big compared to the existing ones. And there, there's your reasoning right there. You know? Yeah. They're and getting I a big, always, they're I, a big discount. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask the question of, but you, you've already answered it. It was like, I was like, well, well yeah, why, why? I know what the code is and it's frustrating for me as an architect. Cause I'm like, it's not the same across the board. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's all there's intricacies as well that, you know, but, but understanding now I'm like, okay, well, there's the reason why they, you know, each town has their different things. Yeah. Know, so the and, code official in sea Isles names, Neil Byrne, um, who we're, we're good friends with. We see him at the flood conference every year. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy, but um, yeah, he brought, so sea Isle was, how long ago? 10 years ago, maybe? They were actually in violation of the National Flood Insurance Program. Um, and the reason why is they were allowing um, bonus rooms, which is yeah. you walk in your garage, you walk up a step, and then you got a bedroom yeah. um, for somebody, and then you go up more steps, and then there's the rest of the house. Yep. Well, there can't be a bonus room down there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. they were in violation by the NFIP. What Neil did was he created summonances for all these homes, there's like 300, brought them in the court, made them rip out all those, you know, all those um, bonus rooms. And in doing that, he's just, every year he's gotten better and better. And now, you know, the freeboard's three or four foot in Seattle. But this guy's like kind of famous, like the mayor loves him. He's getting the town, like one of the best classes in the country from a CRS standpoint. He's yeah. getting the town like a 30 to 40% discount on their flood insurance because of this. So, yeah. And he's protecting the buildings, right? Cause that we know that the higher that living floor is the less chance that they're going to get any water in that area. Yeah. Um, so people hate it. And like you said, there's articles all the time that, you know, Hey, the roof line's getting higher and all this stuff, but you know, we got to know and with weather, it's getting more and more extreme. I mean, you see it, there was just a tropical storm two weeks ago. You're seeing it more and more. Um, and I don't know, you know, why that is. I'm not an expert on that. I'm not going to talk about global warming or none of that, yeah. but there it's, it's pretty much a fact that it's more extreme storms are happening. Harvey, we had in 2017, Irma down in Florida, it's coming every year now, as yeah. opposed to five to 10 years. Um, it's just, is it going to hit our area or the, right. that area? Um, and if it does, let's make sure that these houses are protected. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Well, because you had mentioned like, so you were working in the industry when when Sandy hit, and so was I. I mean, uh, I was right in the center of, you know, I all my all all the short houses. Well, except I have a current one now in Stone Harbor, um, an individual homeowner. But the other short houses I've done in the past were for one developer. Like they were buying up Bayfront lots, and either it was an empty lot or you know there was an old shack or something. They tore it down and built new. So we were building at the time, uh, there was a house actually just starting uh, duplex being built in Avalon. And then I had another house in Stone Harbor. And I think we had already completed one in, in Margate, maybe two in, in Margate. Um, but uh, the house in, in um, Stone Harbor was still going through the building permit. Like the drawings were submitted for building permit and all that. And then um, the... Uh, the house in, in Avalon, actually the, the, the piles were delivered for, for, to do the foundations for the, uh, on the site the, the week before Sandy hit. Oh, yeah. So they were literally, and they were in, um, I mean, if you're familiar with, you know how like they have, Avalon has like the, I'll call them islands, the back yeah. of the Bay Islands, right? Yep. So their house is, um, the and all that. it was like, you know, right there on Ocean Drive. So there's the kind of that like, it's not a river, but you know, there's, there's a water, but there's, there's, you know, it's not like a bay where it's just like, you know, there, yeah, there's houses on the bay, but there's yeah. houses on both sides of the water yep. at, the, at this location. So <clears throat> my client told me, you know, cause I was, you know, after Sandy had hit, you know, we were having discussions like, Oh, how did those, those properties do? Well, he said, well, you know, we didn't install those, those piles yet. And he's like, and I have to buy them again because they uh -huh. all, they all left the property because when the, when they were like, they were there during the, the, the actual storm, he's like, but I receded. He, yeah. When the water receded, basically it was the only empty lot. So he's like, we were the drain. Yeah. <laughs> so all the water in the island went everything there. with it. And he goes, the the houses across the waterway, were very concerned because they were they were watching these pi 30 foot Come piles shoot out of their property yeah. towards their 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 house yeah so um you know so he's like yeah we gotta buy them again and all that but we had gotten a lot of at the time a lot of pushback with builders down in the town yeah because my client was from philly they were just kind of new to the town they had done work they, he actually lived in margate for a number of years and built houses but like back in like 2000s okay and it was like and i'm living with a you know he's still a client of mine today and it's like yeah we built those houses you know more than five you know five to ten years ago but haven't done anything since so he's kind of sitting, but I'm like waiting for the call to happen again. Get it's it, kind yeah. of another cycle where he's going to, I could see like, it seems like he buys properties, let's say in down economies and right. you know, the next couple yeah. of years, yeah, it's not going to surprise me if that's what he's going to do again. But, um, but yeah, so we were designing, I was designing these houses like, oh, well, we're going to put these on piles. We're going to have them up, you know, breakaway walls, things yep. like, you know, things like that, you know, not just a, you know, masonry wall with some flood vents, you know, right. We got so we got so many pushbacks from from builders down there. They're like, that's not how we build down here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, fast forward to after Sandy hits, and everybody's rushing to have some kind of new rules right. in reaction to yep. what just happened with Sandy. Avalon eventually starts telling builders, go to that property on Ocean that's getting built right now. That's how we want. That's it how we want to build. Yeah. Yeah. You. 
yeah, yeah pioneer so <laughs> i was like there we go yeah you know like look at you guys mr builders giving me a hard time ahead of the times yeah yeah, yeah. now but, you're uh, calling me to see how to do it <laughs> yeah 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 so and then on the opposite well the, then the over on the the stone harbor property now that one's still being submitted for permits we're going through review we literally had comments from the from the town i had the drawings like ready like i may have even sent them down to the office but right. we had not got approved yet for the permit Governor Christie at the time makes this announcement about like, well, everything that's not in a permit has to abide to by these new rules that we've just established. So, and they were being extra conservative at the time. So right. I remember basically long story short with the house was didn't have the permit. So we had to redesign, we had to start over the project and oh. redesign the house. I mean, it was simple in terms of like, okay, well, the first floor has to go at, let's say, oh, elevation stuff. elevation 10. Now it has to be at elevation 14 right. to the new rules. But raising it four feet meant that there was more steps, meant that I had to shift the house back so that yeah. the steps weren't in the sidewalk, that type of thing. Right. You know, uh, and it's funny, like, if you go by that house now, it's like, here, it's way up here, but then, you know, next door the, is down. It came down, I think, another two feet is like the current, is the current thing. Yeah. But it was like, it was one of these things with my client. I was just like, we got to start over and I got to charge. I mean, I got to do more work. So I got to charge you. And then charge you for the it hour. It wasn't like I did something wrong. We were literally probably yeah, a, day away, about it. Yeah, a day away of having to do to that. Submit so, them. Yeah. So we yeah. had one where we're like, we were the, the example, but then we had another one where we had to completely, completely change uh, it. And, uh, but, um, but so on Staying, staying with Stone Harbor for a second, because I, I was, you know, whether I mentioned it here or before, before we started recording about, I had the one project that I have a current project where we're just building an addition. Yeah. I take the attitude of unlike, you know, the, the example I gave you earlier where the, that client wanted to do 10% and 10% and, and all of that Yeah. is if we're doing a new addition on, you forget what the size is. We just have to go to the new um, the new requirements. Is that on the insurance side also what you would? So on the insurance, well, or? on the, on the insurance side, there's no requirements. Okay. To be honest. Right. So the building codes is where, what's enforcing the requirements. Yeah. The insurance though goes off kind of the building codes. And what I mean by that is um, you build that addition. If it's below BFE, you're going to get tacked on from the flood insurance, you know, for it, meaning you're yeah. going to pay more money. As opposed to if you go to elevate it, um, it's going to be cheaper. Um, yeah. Current, you know, currently, not talking about risk rating 2.0 and that stuff because we don't know enough yet about it. But mm -hmm. currently, with the NFIP, um, you'll just pay more money. You know, that's that's basically how how it is. And if you do everything right from a code standpoint, it, your flood insurance is going to be cheaper. Yeah. Um, it'll be cheaper. But from a requirement standpoint, like you can still get flood insurance no matter what you do. It's just how much you're going to spend on it a year, you know? Right. Right. And then, um, how, what's your involvement? Like if, if somebody's selling a property and let's, mm -hmm. let's go back to like, let's, you know, the example you gave earlier, the Cape May house with the basement, yeah. if that house was being sold, what's your involvement there? And what are the implications that somebody who might be purchasing that property would have to deal with? Yeah. So um, about 80% of my business comes from uh, the real estate industry, meaning realtors and mortgage um, reps, loan officers, stuff like that. Um, and the reason why is that 
when someone goes to buy a house, they're required to have flood insurance and I'm the flood insurance expert. And it's a lot harder to sell a house that's $4,000 flood insurance premium than it is a $1,000 flood insurance premium because yeah. the flood insurance gets tacked into the mortgage and you know $4,000 is like $400 a month that's tacked onto the mortgage as opposed to a thousand that's only a hundred. Right. Um, so uh, for that example, the basement, you know, we got we would have to get creative. And what, what I mean by that is there, I would do two things. So if I was working with the listing agent, meaning the real estate agent who put the property up for sale, um, they would reach out to me and say, hey, Tyler, I'm putting 100 Beach Ave, Cape May, New Jersey um, for sale. You know, let's get flood insurance situated so that when a buyer comes in, they don't get scared away. And why I say that is they're going to look at it. First question is going to be, what's the flood insurance? They're going to find out from an insurance agent that it's $4,000 a year. And then they're going to say, we don't want this house. So yeah. we get ahead of it by saying, there's two things you can do. One, if you do these things to the house, it'll bring the insurance down to here. Maybe the seller wants to do them things, or maybe the buyer wants to do them or put it into the contract yeah. um, to get the flood insurance you know, lowered. Or two, there's a thing called private flood insurance. Um, private flood insurance is basically, like I said before, this the same as risk rating 2.0 is going to be, where they're taking like 100 th things into account and they're going to say, this is what the rate would be. But they're able to accept and decline properties. Um, why that's a good thing is if they decline it, you know, they're not taking it on. They're not taking that risk on. If they accept it, though, they have a smaller risk pool. So they're able to give a cheaper premium. Generally, yeah. it's 20 to 50 percent cheaper than the government. Okay. So in that, I would run it because I have the most private carriers um, really in the country. I have 12 to 15 different ones. I would run it through all of them. If I can get one through that, you know, it's generally 20 to 50 percent cheaper than the government. And that could be an option as well if they don't want to do the, the changes to the house. Yeah. Um, so that's like what I would do if, if a realtor reached out. Like I probably have three realtors right now that I got to do stuff for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what I would do so that when the buyer comes in, they see we have options um, and, you know, we can make the transaction smooth throughout the real estate. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then also, I mean, we're, you know, you know, we're talking a lot about like, you know, beach properties. But there's obviously other waterfront. I mean, you kind of mentioned a little bit that other like Gibstown had the, yeah. the, it was really like a, a river. But, you know, like I was just up in, um, you know, I was telling you before we were recording, you know, I was just up in New Hampshire with the family for for a couple of days and we we had rented a, a lake house. Yeah. And the I think it was the last night we were there. It had rained overnight. And I came out and like the dock was like halfway in the water. Yeah. You know, my, my youngest had like, you know, it was like, you know, had a bunch of toys out and like half of them were, were gone. You know, they didn't, luckily they didn't, no, luckily they didn't float away, but they ah, were okay. still in the water. You know, the, the night before my oldest and I, we there was a boat on the property and we, yeah. we didn't, we took it off the dock and we took it into the land, but then in the morning it was like halfway in, in the water <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily it filled with water. So it oh, kind of weighed itself so it's down. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It's okay. You know, but, but, you know, there's obviously, um, I mean, I would assume, you know, you would deal with properties like that too. All the time. You know. Yep. You know. Union Beach, like we were saying, Gibbstown, Burlington City, Burlington, um, Carney's Point, Pennsville. Uh, these are just towns in New Jersey that are riverine areas. Pennsylvania, Conshohocken, there's flood areas that aren't coastal um, beach, you know, properties. Yeah. Um, 
Connecticut, there's a lot. New Hampshire, lake, there's lakes, like you said. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, all over the country. There's Riverine, Illinois in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an insurance agent uh, that works works for me that's in Illinois. Um, yeah. There's a lot of flood riverine areas. Um, and they're the ones that, to be honest, that, the, that I think will benefit the most from risk rating 2.0 that's coming out in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also the ones that generally I can get private flood insurance for pretty cheap right. because the private company was ahead of the game. These private companies, they came out like five years ago and they said, the way the NFIP is doing it doesn't make sense. You know, you got this guy in Gibbstown paying three grand and you got Ocean City paying, you know, a grand. So yeah. they said, we're not going to write someone in Ocean City, but we'll write that person in Gibbstown for $1,200 a year, which is a ton of savings. And, you know, they probably never will have a claim, hopefully. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's the for them ones. The best option is normally private flood insurance yeah. um, because they're not built to like a flood standard. You know, like we were saying, they have basements, slab on grades. Um, they're not built up like on the garages like they are down the shores and stuff and the beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so them ones are, you know, more of a private opportunity. And I, like I said, I think risk rating 2.0 is going to help them properties a lot more too. Okay. There's a, it's I'm just thinking of um, that, that show Ozarks. Yeah. Right. You know, cause it's, a so big I was, place. I was there um, yeah. two years ago for a surveyor conference. Okay. So it was cool. I, yeah. Now is, is, and I'm, I'm again, I've, I've never been there, but I'm just, a, just from watching the show. Yeah. It seems like it's a more of a flat area, but it is a lake community mm-hmm. does, um, you know, but let's just say there's a different a, a area similar to that. Um, but like maybe like in a Colorado or, or, you know, somewhere where there's mountains, yep. is there, are there any differences, I guess, geologically or, or, you know, yeah, so topographically with, with, it may be like a lake property, but does the surrounding area affect that in any way? And I'm asking because yeah, so I've never dealt with stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Ozarks to, in specific, um, uh, that's why I was there. A lot of it, there's a ton of flood areas and flood zones and flood properties. Um, same with uh, Colorado, actually. There are a lot of flood areas in Colorado. One of my private carriers are based out of Colorado, Boulder, mm-hmm. um, where there's flood areas. And the difference is, is that, you know, here in New Jersey, we're almost at sea level. Yeah. So when same with Louisiana, even more so. Um, but in New Jersey, to give you an example, we were talking about like an eight or a 10 foot BFE. When you get to the middle of the country, you're still in a flood zone, but your BFE is like 500, right. um, 550 or something crazy. And the reason why is not that your house has to be 550 feet in the air. <laughs> it's yeah. that um, you're, the BFE is based off a of mean sea level, right? So if your elevation is 300 feet from sea level, then your BFE is going to be like 310 or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest difference is that just the BFEs are, they're associated with the area. So if there's a lake um, and they have a chance of flooding, which most likely they do, even though they're a lot higher from a ground elevation standpoint, the BFE kind of matches that. So yeah, in the Ozarks, you might see like a 420, 430 BFE. Um, mm-hmm. And that reason is because in the middle of the country, the elevations get a lot higher than, you know, here on the coastline. And then to the opposite, Louisiana, you'll see like a negative BFE or, or like a one. 
Like mm-hmm. the BFE will be one foot. <laughs> yeah, Which yeah. Sounds crazy. And it doesn't mean you're building one foot above the BF. It doesn't mean you're building one foot up in the air. Yeah. Um, it means that your ground's probably at minus three below right. BFE. And you've yeah. got to build it, you know, a foot above BFE. Yeah. And it sounds like that's, there, there's another benefit of, of that, the other program you were talking about. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like site specific because yeah, yeah. If, you, if you go across the board, well, I guess across the board, it's still, you were just mentioning it. It's just like, it's, it's, it's relative. relative yeah. But, you know, again, if you're taking into account one house value in Illinois, the houses are a lot, they're not as worth as much as Stone Harbor yeah. or even Miami. Let's say Miami's a, you know, a bigger area too, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going out off a house value, which is an insurance. That's important because $250,000 and a million dollar house isn't going to get you as much as a hundred thousand dollar house, right? Yeah. Um, so that's going to take into account, you know, the, the value and then also the type of flooding, right? So there's studies that show, you know, riverine flooding does this much damage. Lake flooding does this. Ocean flooding is one of the most riskiest, you know, because of a hurricane comes, you got waves coming in, wave action. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. has a lot more pressure than, you know, a lake. You know, right. a lake, you might get water, but it's not going to put pressure on the foundation as much as an ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like we were mentioning, like, well, we were mentioning flood vents, but like I had said, like, you know, some of the houses, breakaway walls, yeah. which for anybody who's not familiar, um, well, and if you have a video, actually, I have it here. I have a YouTube video of this as well. It's a pen, it's a, now a pencil holder, but it's a Lego model I built. <laughs> oh, there you go. Of breakaway walls? Y- yeah, yeah. Wait, oh, yeah. Me, yeah, let me turn the, uh, um, let me call it <laughs> off here. Oh, wait, I forget how to do it now. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Hold on. I got to turn off the background thing. Yeah, yeah. It's blending in. <laughs> but yeah, so here, here's the uh, the the breakaway wall concept is yep. here's your structure, but this can break, break away right out easily. And then <laughs> yeah, these all come off. So it's like the show like, OK, well, the water. Can and there's the pilings. Yeah, yeah. A very long time ago, I built this for for like. That makes sense because people are probably like, "What the heck is he talking?" About? Yeah, yeah. And then I have, I actually have a separate one. Here's here's a piece that I can put in here, like, and and make it solid. Yeah. And if I put, I push push the against the whole thing, over. the whole thing falls apart. That's a good but, visual. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. We were but, actually uh, looking at. Uh, I guess they made a Legoland in New York or something. Um, uh-huh. and me and my family were looking at it. Uh. It just opened. We might go there for a vacation or something. <laughs> yeah, they actually. Well, you know, they have one in uh in the Philadelphia too. Oh, Philly, they do in King in King of Prussia. Oh wow, it's more of an indoor thing. Um, but yeah, uh, huh. I actually I'll might be tell going, my wife. Yeah, I might be because going she there. She looked next at the one in New York, and I want to say it was nineteen hundred dollars for three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the one the I one said, here in Philly is more of a day. You go there for the day. Okay. So, this deal. is like a resort, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, and I, I would assume it's probably close. Like, I've gone to, I've taken my kids down to Florida. We've gone to the one in Florida. Yeah, that one's you know? cool. Yeah. And it's amusement. It's an amusement park, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but I'm sure the New York one is probably a, they a have little like bit closer pools, to Florida. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but, you know, obviously with me, you know, I grew up with Legos. Yeah. You know, as an architect. As a requirement, you when you try to get your license, they're like, did you play with Legos as a kid? Yeah. Like, yes. You're like, okay, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That type of thing. 100%. But no, it was a very simple thing um, about that. But yeah, but you were just, we were just mentioned like, we really didn't talk. We were talking about heights of water, but we weren't talking about forces yeah. of water. Right. And um, I just had you know, pressure. Yeah. And so the ocean, yeah, with waves, whether it's a hurricane or not, 
you know, you, you know, that that's always going to come into play. And then obviously the wave force at the ocean and you had said it is different than the wave force that a lake lake's going to have. Yeah. Um, but what yep. about, how about some products outside of the house? Because, you know, I've dealt with, with properties and we were talking a little bit about it before we recorded of, you know, I have Bayfront properties. So these Bayfront properties have to have bulkheads that hold, yeah. the, hold the land from the water. Yep. You know, and you know, I was saying to you before about how I have a client right now who's, who has to rebuild their bulkhead and has to be higher because the, the flood elevation is different from when they build it, you know? So in response, so what do you, what, what kind of products or, you know, things that you've seen that can, can help out uh, a property owner in, in, in those situations? Yeah. So, um, one of my parent company, it's called floodproofing.com. Um, if you're, interested in flood products at all, I recommend going to the site because there's 30 different products. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it's dry flood proofing. Um, And the difference is that dry flood proofing, you're trying to keep the water out, right? You're trying to stay dry. Wet flood proofing, it's like the vents, you're letting the water through. Um, From an insurance standpoint, dry flood proofing only helps commercial commercial properties. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't help residential properties um, from an insurance standpoint. From a protection standpoint, though, we've had customers purchase dry flood proofing products to prevent, you know, water coming into their houses. Um, bulkheads, like you said, um, there's this thing called Fenex flood glass. Um, it's perfect for bulkheads and walkways. Um, like we, we imagine it being in like Miami on a walkway, right? Yeah. And basically it's glass, single panel glasses um, that are massive. I mean, hundreds of feet, um, huge, or they could be smaller too. We've had ones that are just windows, right? They're just the size of a normal window. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they're tested to prevent log impacts, water impacts, all that stuff. Um, and they're waterproof where they're not going to let the water pass through. They're not going to seep. They're not going to crack. Um, but also they're not going to distort the vision because that's a big thing. An example I'd give you is you go to the aquarium, and you're looking through that glass, right? It kind of distorts your your vision. You know, mm-hmm. the water sometimes looks weird, or the fish when they go through a certain you know point kind of look yeah. distorted. Um, this has none of that um, mm-hmm. because we want to keep that aesthetics. Which you know we've done massive buildings in New York and Florida and stuff like that. Um, but that's a perfect option for a bulkhead because as these heights get higher and higher, we lose what people love about these properties, right? Mm -hmm. People buy these properties for the views, right? You know, it's location, location, location. I hear it every day in real estate. (laughs) Um, And people buy these areas like that Stone Harbor house. The guy bought it because he wants to walk outside and look at the beautiful scenery that's out there, the ocean or bay or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, And, you know, because these heights are getting higher and higher, it's starting to remove that from it. that view from why they originally did it. So we're trying to innovate products like Fenex and we have other products as well to where um, they just bring the product out during a flood and, you know, perimeter systems that go around the perimeter of the, the whole property. Um, We've had, we did a property down in South Carolina where we did a perimeter system around the whole um, residential structure, as well as they had a huge garage that we went around. So when it floods, it's a zipper system that um, kind of sits like this around the property, if you could imagine that. Mm-hmm. 
and basically yeah, like an the weight effect. of the water holds it down. Yeah. Um, so the water is holding this part down. Right. And then this is made of Kevlar and stuff like that so that it's holding the water back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of new products that are coming out literally monthly, mm -hmm. you know, yearly um, because it's getting bigger and bigger. We know that extreme storms are happening um, and that that's why the industry is getting bigger. Uh, because before, even 20 years ago, it was sandbags. That yep. was your option. Put yeah, sandbags yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sandbags work, but it takes a lot of work. <laughs> you yeah. know, you got to move them. You got to put them out. And um, there's systems that are coming out that whether it's a glass that's there or whether it's a perimeter type system, we have passive systems that go into, you know, like a driveway. When water fills it in, it's like a trench the mm -hmm. system lifts up from the water pressure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, 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 floodgate, yeah. Um, so, you know, these pro these products are coming out more and more um, because of the, the, the exact reason you said of that, you know, someone, they got to build higher and they're losing what they love about that property, mm -hmm. you know, and, and these products can help with, with that. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, you were mentioning uh, how, you know, yeah, you have a lot of these products are for commercial um, business because because a commercial bit uh, building again like when it comes to the floodplain has different different rules than than residential yeah. like they don't necessarily have to go up to that floodplain level or freeboard right. or anything like that they can have a you know a retail space is going to be at sidewalk level you know so if you're in a floodplain some of those other products whether it's a flood you know I think floodgate might you know because again it's passive it just happens automatically but I think a lot of there's a lot of use of the, the, I'll call them, I don't know if manuals, the, the, the right term, manuals. but yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Man, but yeah, you, you know, you take out, like I've seen some of those, you know, what, you know, I've seen ones that are the glass that, that you can, you can bring out by hand, you yeah. know, or, or other ones that look like, you know, like a Jersey Metal. barrier type. Stop, they have <laughs> stop gates. Yeah, um, yeah, we yeah. have panels. Yeah. They're lightweight. Um, and they're made of like this hard plastic type material. Yeah. Yeah. You, Bolted into the doorways and the windows and stuff like that. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I didn't even think I forgot about those. Yeah, where the the, the post and the panels. Yeah, yep. those are, those yeah. Stop blocks. Yeah, they're so, coming yeah. more and more out. Um, yeah. Four years ago is five years ago is when this started getting big. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like you said, it's like yeah, there's more and more storms and yeah, and all of that, and we're not all uh well, not the Florida's. Uh, uh, they're funny. I I just last night I was uh. Sherry, there's a, a guy on TikTok I follow. Yeah. He's a guy from Florida and he's always he's a comedian of some sort, but he always has these things like like he's calling. He's well, he, he'll he's making a phone call and it, it, he's got a little thing that says Florida. Yeah. So he's Florida and then he's he's calling hurricane season. And okay. then hurricane season is like, we don't like you, man. Like, yeah. stop calling me. You know, you guys just want to throw parties and stuff. You don't care too much. But the hurricane you know, parties. But uh, but yeah, it's just like, you know, sometimes and I'm sure, you know, you know, you mentioned like Miami and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they they actually have that floodplain stuff, but they seem to be a little bit more uh prepared, I guess. Yeah, I mean they're used to it. It's every year. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's literally yeah. it's every year. It just happened a tropical storm just happened a week ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're and used to it <laughs> yeah and it's like if it's snowed but if it's snowed down there like oh man, everybody's like be, what's going on yeah you know, and georgia i mean you saw what was that two years ago there was like, like a well, massive buildup on the highway from snow and yeah, it, well the was snow texas. was like this much <laughs> yeah well in texas with the cold this past yeah, year all the pipes yeah. froze and stuff yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah because i had a meeting 
um, with Houston, because I, I work a lot with these communities from a flood standpoint, a floodplain manager standpoint, and um, they had to cancel because they're like, yeah, our office is closed. The, all the pipes froze and now they're bursting because that's what happened. They froze. Then the heat came back and they all started bursting. Right. And um, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, all right. Well, Tyler, why don't we just wrap this up here? Um, yeah. If you want to give just, you know, wh where people can find you and yeah. Uh, all yeah. That stuff. So my website's uh, www dot risk reduction plus.com um, all of our info is on there our phone number our general email address all that good stuff um, and then I'm on I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn a lot um, e Tyler Ardrin um, and I'm I try to post videos about flood insurance the national flood insurance program what's happening and updating people with that um, so I definitely say connect with me on there um, and then yeah that's that's pretty much it and, and you pretty much, you provide services across the country? Yeah, nationwide. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Well, again, thanks, Tyler, for coming on. And uh, um, yeah, no, I appreciate you, you know, geeking out about this. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, and stay on, actually, after we stop recording. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've, had, I've yeah. had people, like, leave after I have <laughs> like, no, wait, wait. wait, wait <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, again, I, I appreciate you for being on. And uh, yeah, maybe we can do this again. Sometime Definitely. I appreciate you asking me to be on Rich. It was a pleasure um, and looking forward to the next one. Yeah, great. All right. Thanks. All right, everybody. We'll see you later.